Hello, and welcome to the Tyus Talks Podcast, an extension of the Tyus Talks channel. This is the very first episode of a very special podcast, but I am sure the majority of you are coming from the channel, so I will keep the intro short and sweet. My name is Tyus, hence the Tyus in the name, and I'm going to be talking, so talks. Uh, that was probably self-explanatory, but hey, it's an intro. They're always awkward, so let's just go on with it. I do work in sports, however, so I have at least some type of credibility. I work as a production assistant at the VEASAN Sports Betting Network. And it's funny, it's a running joke between us PAs uh, that whenever we tell people about our job, they say, oh, like, I would love to have a job where I talk sports for a living. And we are always responding like, yeah, me too. Like, I would love to have a job where I talk sports for a living. But, you know, us as PAs, we always say, I work in sports, I don't talk sports because we share content. We don't make content. I just share whatever the host and the producers want me to put up. I do my job, and I keep my head down. However, this is my podcast. No head down over here. I got my head high, and I'm talking with pride. Everything I'm saying that I'm betting, I believe it wholeheartedly. Now, to tease the show, today we are be going to be getting into the Colts, retiring or well Philip Rivers retiring from the Colts leaving their quarterbacks position vacant and what other offseason moves they may need to make and I'll also go in to the Kansas City uh versus Bills game and the Green Bay versus the Buccaneers handicapping those and we'll close out the show so to start let me at least explain why the Colts are where we're starting for these off-season move breakdowns, or basically me suggesting what I think the team should do. Um, I'm the self-proclaimed number one fan of the Colts. I think I'm everybody's number one fan. Uh, I know I am Naheem Hines, probably biggest fan. I don't see anybody else, like, tweeting at him as much. He doesn't respond to me. I don't care. I'm not doing it, so he will respond. I'm just trying to talk to my other Colts fans on Twitter, which a lot of you I have been talking to, which is why I wanted to start the podcast here. We all have our own opinions on what we want the team to do for the offseason, and I just figured whether you like my suggestions or not, I can really break it down and at least explain what I think is possible for us. So let's start off with what we do have. We have the current 21st pick of the first round, and we have a whopping $65.1 million in cap space. Third most in the league behind the terrible Jaguars and the terrible Jets. All the teams around us in terms of cap space were terrible this past season. Us? Here with the Colts, we had 11 wins. So that's that's amazing to say that like we managed to put together such a team that is so great, full of studs on such small contracts. We have a bunch of young guys, and that is why I believe the Colts' key to this offseason is keep going young. Now today there was some breaking news, and so he made that decision and notified us through the Lions that he will be going on to uh, explore other options, and they're exploring a trade package for him now. With that being said, uh, if we were to pick up Matthew Stafford this season, that would be a $27 million contract. We're paying him 
That's a $27 million cap hit. Sorry, not a $27 million contract. That's a $27 million cap hit in 2021-2022 season. So therefore that's, you know, taking $27 million away from the 65 million. I personally don't believe that is the best decisions for the that is the best decision for the franchise because I think our best option is going towards a rookie, maybe trading up trading our first round this year, trading our first round next uh, season to get a better draft pick perhaps. But if we were to pick up Matthew Stafford, we still do have the cap space to make some moves. Just things get tight next season when we have to pay people like Darius Leonard, Mark Glowinski, uh, if I hope I'm saying his name correct, Quentin Nelson, uh, Braden Smith. We have a lot of people we have to pay that season. Because we got a lot of guys coming on their rookie contracts. We also have to pay Naheem. Wish the team better resign. I don't feel the need to say that. Too much production out of a guy who does not touch the ball enough, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Anyways, that is a lot to take away from $65 million. Um, It's almost half. So, you know, you're dealing with half the money you had to go get other guys. Uh, currently, Carson Wentz, his odds uh, to where he'll play next season, it's highest for the Colts. That is completely idiotic. Those guys don't know what they're talking about. He's not going to the Colts. If he went to the Colts, he'd be taking up $32 million, even worse than Matthew Stafford. Again, almost half, even closer. That's terrible. That's ridiculous. We don't want to spend $32 million on a project. If we're going to spend so much money, we're going to go with Matthew Stafford, a guy who's getting us 12 wins. My only thing is, I know Matthew Stafford can produce. It's just like, well, the te- is the team ready behind him? Because I think we still need so much help in the defense that we can't spend that much on our quarterback. We're better off honing down our defense and having just studs everywhere on our defense and getting a $9 million a year rookie quarterback because, I mean, Come on now, people. We can't win with this pass rush that we saw last season. I don't know about you guys, but Danico Autry playing DN, which he his contract is up this season too. Him playing DN is 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 he's not a DN. He is an interior D lineman. He moved out there because we have DeForest and Grover Stewart, and he's good enough to where he can play the outside. And he did a great job of stopping the run, but he is no pass rusher. He does not have exactly the speed rushing moves that you need in today's game. Not to say that he's not good, but he's he he he's not a speed rusher. And in today's game, you need a combination of speed and power to get by these freak athlete left tackles. These are 300-pound men that run four fives. It's honestly ridiculous. The, these athletes in the NFL are insane at every position, so you have to be talented at whatever position you're playing. We can't have some guy who plays another position, but he's good at it playing another position just because he's good at another, a different position. Like Just because you're good at the interior defensive line doesn't mean you'll produce that way on the outside. I understand it's because we were filling a spot we did not have, but it's not a viable option. With that being said, we will be playing with even less at that position this season because we don't have Danico and we don't have Justin Houston. So 
our real key to this offseason is defense. Because not only is our pass rush the problem, our secondary also underperformed immensely towards the end of games. Uh, we saw it in the Steelers game. We saw it in the Bills game. We saw it in the Titans game, in games we needed to win. I take I, – I, I look at our past season. Our 12-win, I believe, season. 11-win. 11-5 season. Sorry. And I take games like the Jets, the Bears, uh, the second win against the Jaguars. All of that means nothing. We beat the Titans once, and we beat Green Bay. Those are the two good teams that we defeated. We didn't play that many good teams. We lost to the Bills. We lost to the Steelers. We lost to the Browns. And all of those teams were on paper not better than us. But at the end of their games, each game, our secondary got attacked in the second half. And it honestly was not by crazy route running. You saw Deontay Johnson score on an easy go route. You saw Stefan Diggs score on an easy go route. We have no ability to defend the deep ball with our cover two defense. They want to blame the linebackers, but if we could run, I mean, they want to blame the safeties and say that it's Kari Willis's fault for being a backup and because Malik Hooker wasn't there, but Malik Hooker wasn't the best coverage safety ever. He wasn't even good in the too high look. He's more of a single high safety. But it, it's the problem is not our safeties. It's our defensive scheme, which hides our below average corners because that's what the Colts have. We have below average corners. And I want to express that immensely because pro football focus had Xavier Rhodes grading out early in the season like he was the best corner in the league and it's not true he guards the flats and even when he's playing man he still has up high protection and he's guarding routes underneath that's why he gets so many picks we sit in a soft zone that not great quarterbacks can perform against however a quarterback like Josh Allen can pick our zone apart and quite frankly Aaron Rodgers picked our zone apart. We just managed to score points that game, which uh, behind Phillip Rivers we were able to do because we have a talented offense. And, I mean, that goes back to the quarterback thing. If we could do it with Phillip Rivers, imagine if we had a mobile young quarterback. We don't need Matthew Stafford. That's too much money, but I would love to have him. Don't get me wrong. I would love it. I'm not angry if he comes. I love Matthew Stafford. He's a dog. He will play through anything. He's about winning football games. He's about what I'm about. I just, $27 million is a lot of money, man, and a business is a business. You love guys. I mean, like T.Y. Hilton's a free agent this season, and that's at least a $9.5 million cap hit, and I just don't know if that's the best decision, but we as fans, we love him. We love him to death. T.Y. Hilton is what you think of nowadays when you think of the Colts. He's been there. I mean, Costanzo's retired now. Who's been there longer than T.Y.? I I think he might be the longest tenured player right now. And we love T.Y., but $9.5 million for a guy who's towards the end of his uh, career? I just don't really see it, especially considering, like, 
it's the receiver position. Like, these dudes in college, coming out of college, are good. There's so many that are good. You, Rashard Higgins, we could get him for half the money. I'm pretty sure he could do what T.Y. is doing. The only thing is, T.Y. is like a coach player. He He's a veteran. He, he gets our guys going, and that's something that you can't really put a price tag on. And that's one reason I wouldn't be upset if the Colts resigned him. It's just, it's just so much money. Going beyond the positional needs that I think are very important, I think the Colts obviously need a quarterback. But as far as money importance, the most money we should invest into is our uh, edge rush. Edge rush in the NFL is probably the most important thing there is. You need sacks all game because they're going to drop back and throw all game, you know? So we need an edge pass rush. We couldn't beat the Chiefs without an edge pass rush. You need something to contain the quarterback. Something to make Lamar not leak out and go bust for 30 yards every other play. So that would be our most important money position. Then I would say we go invest into a quarterback and some corners uh, to improve that side of the ball. As far as the specific players that I believe it would be best for the Colts to target, um, just going down the list, I already said how I feel about Stafford. I already said Wentz was off the board, and that's ridiculous. Sam Darnold is an intriguing player, in my opinion. He is towards the end of his contract, but he has been bad through his career so far. However, He's played for the Jets, and if you're on the Jets, you're automatically bad. He's shown peaks of greatness, and he was really good in college. He's a viable option pending the Jets likely draft a quarterback. We don't know what they're doing, but we're thinking quarterback. And uh, he's a $9.7 million contract right there. That's amazing. And if we could get him for, like, a first straight up, maybe – I think I don't know what they they might be willing to go third if they don't value him. They might even throw a third round pick. If we can go get Sam Darnold pending the Jets draft a quarterback, I think that would be an offseason win beyond all others. Beyond getting Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, whoever else. I that might even be better than getting a rookie. Because I have faith in Sam Darnold's game. He was playing with the Jets with absolutely dog linemen. no receiver help Robbie Anderson was there at one point but he will he went to the Panthers and everybody found out he was great I mean he was performing on the Jets but not like he did on the Panthers he wasn't leading the league in receiving yards at any point it when you're on the Jets you can't be as great as you are we saw how great Le'Veon Bell was literally the year before he went to the Jets he goes to the Jets and he was immediately bad it's not Sam Darnold's fault moving on Somebody I think will be a great offseason pickup would be Desmond King. Desmond King likely to get a around $5.9 million contract. He hasn't had a great season since his rookie season. This past season, he got traded from the Chargers. The Chargers, I believe he there was some type of like quarrel with the uh uh, with the coaching staff and, and like bumping of heads, he went over to the Titans. He performed somewhat. They have him playing slot corner. I think he has the body build of an outside corner. I think he could come fill our outside corner position. I mean, we don't have better. 
So why not? He, he's probably the best value play. I mean, he's a really good young player, only 26 years old. Why not? Moving up in terms of money and probably production as well, uh, Shaquille Griffin is also a free agent this season. We can contest with the Seahawks for signing him. The Seahawks have both of their corners being free agents this season, and I honestly wouldn't mind picking up either one or both. I mean, I know they're coming from a shaky pass defense, but it was also an injured pass defense. And I don't think you can blame that on any one person or, you know, it injuries new coaches new players it, it was a lot going on in Seattle but towards the end of the season they actually started trending up in the right direction and some of that is due to Shaquille Griffin's good great play he's been a lockdown corner for the most part when targeted he he's not allowing a lot of receptions and that would be about a 9.5 million dollar contract 10 million dollar contract for a lockdown corner you can lock down for the next four or five years that would give our defense structure at so many levels that's that's given us a stud on the D-line in DeForest Buckner and that's given us a stud at the linebacker position in Darius Leonard and that's given us a stud at the corner position he's a genuine lockdown corner Shaquille Griffin would be a huge signing for us and then we also have Kenny Moore who was the probably one of the best slot corners in the league that that would give us so much talent. I feel like this defense is honestly two players away from being the best in the league, undisputed. Not just the best in the league because we played bad teams and because we're graded as the number one uh, team in yards allowed after we played the Bears. I'm talking about number one in terms of talent. Grover Stewart, Darius Leonard, Shaquille Griffin. And then we go pick up somebody big to play our other outside corner like Quentin Dunbar? A 6-2 guy? Personally, I love Jalen Ramsey. He's my favorite player in the league. Why is he my favorite player in the league? Because I love the corner position because it's difficult, and he does it with ease. When you do hard things easy, you're impressive. Jalen Ramsey is a 6-footer, 6-1, arms just as long as Quentin Dunbar, same body build, a man-up corner, a strong guy. We could use a big body corner. I believe that the Colts often get targeted by not only the deep ball, but jump balls. We don't have a jump ball player on our team. If Honestly, if I had to ask anybody on the team to guard a fade, I mean, all our corners are short. I might want Darius out there, to be honest, because he's that kind of athlete. He might go do it for me. He might go get that pick. If we have Quentin Dunbar or Shaquille Griffin on the field, two really tall guys, we don't have that problem. I know people say size doesn't matter in the NFL. I'm a short guy myself. I believe short size doesn't matter in football. But when somebody is targeting you for not having somebody to stop something specific, you should pick up that position. We saw multiple times teams go to the fade ball in the red zone against us. We need a big body corner. They were basically telling us, you don't have anybody to guard this? Go up top. Marco Valdez scantley tried it. He just didn't get the pass. We saw multiple teams do it, is my point. I also have edge rushers that I think would be good to pick up. I think it is very important that the Colts avoid the top pass rushers in the league this past season, uh, besides Trey Henderson. Trey Henderson's a dog. That would be a lovely pickup. But as far as, like, 
Bud Dupree and well, especially Bud Dupree. I do not believe in D- Bud Dupree's production. He has not been good. He is his stats are padded by T.J. Watt's stats. Nah, he he's not gonna produce that twelve sack guy that we're looking for. Trey Hendrickson, on the other hand, that would be a much better pickup. Trey Hendrickson is a six four guy, tall guy. 270, long arms, big hands, 26 years old, only been in the league four years. I was watching some tape on him, and he has a great mix of speed and power. He, multiple times in his sacks this season, he's just powered linemen, overpowered linemen on a one-on-one block. He goes right through them. However, when teams start adjusting to that, I have saw him make, do swim moves, nice feet, I he has a rare ability to stop quarterback bootlegs because he has speed and feet. He is a complete athlete. If we want to go sign somebody at that edge rusher position and pay them, it can be Trey Hendrickson. And I know people may believe that his numbers are inflated because of Cameron Jordan, but we have DeForest Buckner. All of our linemen will be inflated because he is probably the best interior D lineman behind Aaron Donald, and he can compete with Aaron Donald. Because I don't know if you guys know, DeForest Buckner is six foot seven inches. That that's that's already a problem. I'm not going down the list. He's six seven in the middle of the field. It's hard to see over him. He's gonna knock down half the passes when he puts his hands in the air. That's at least seven six. I'm he's a huge guy. Now, for a more value pick for our edge rushers, I would go with Hassan Reddick. 6'1", 235. He has longer arms than Trey Hendrickson, bigger hands. Same age. He would cost a lot less money because he has been playing multiple position, multiple positions the whole time he's been with the Cardinals. They've been moving him all types of places because they couldn't find out where he was best. They finally put him back as the edge rusher this past season, which he put played in college days, but they moved him because they thought he was too small. 12 and a half sacks his first season back at edge rusher. He's not a big guy. Yes, he's strong. Yeah, yeah, he can take down Josh Allen, probably put him on his ass. Yeah, he's a strong guy, but speed kills. The moves I saw this guy making off the line from this edge rusher position, these linemen had no choice but to let him by. They had no other options because he was already gone. He's running routes like a receiver from the edge rusher position. Nice hands and feet to defeat these big, slow edge rushers. And I know there's some fast guys out there, like I was saying earlier, some freak athletes playing left tackle, but they're not stopping Hassan Reddy. And me saying left tackle just let off a light bulb in my head. The Colts need a left tackle. This is a thick draft when it comes to linemen. I use thick on purpose. You get it, linemen? I'm trying to be funny here. Come on now, people. <laughs> we can use our second round pick. Uh, we cannot give up our second round pick by any means. We can trade the first and next year's first. We can do whatever with that. We cannot give up our second round pick. We need to go get alignment with that. We have Quentin Nelson, Braden Smith, Mark uh, Glowinski. We have all the – Brian Kelly, sorry. He, all of our linemen deserve to be named. 
I will not forget one. I would say Costanzo, but he retired. That's why I only named four. We need to go get a tackle with our second round pick. I know there will be one available, so not really worried about it. There's just this is a really uh deep draft when it comes to linemen. Thank God. That's so rare. Currently, the max I see the Colts spending, uh, excluding a quarterback addition, is $36 million of their cap space. So, I'm going to pull out the handy-dandy calculator. I could do the math in my head, but, you know, why? $65 million. I said they're going to spend about $36 million. So, you spend that $36 million, that leaves you with $29 million in cap space. Oh, my God. We can go get Matthew Stafford is probably what you're thinking. That would leave us $2 million in cap space. And you're like, yeah, that's okay. Why not? Next season comes. You have even less cap space. And do you know what happens? Darius Leonard is no longer being paid $1.8 million. Technically, he is the number two ranked linebacker in the league. If that's the case, he should be paid Twenty million dollars a year. We can't afford to pay Matthew Stafford. We also have to pay Quentin Nelson. Quentin Nelson is probably the best lineman in the league, if not only the best guard. He deserves to be paid like twenty million dollars. We also have to pay Braden Smith, who is one of the best tackles in the league. My point is, how can we pick up this Matthew Stafford contract and continue to have? the best line in the league and continue to have the best young linebackers in the league in Darius Leonard and Bobby Okariki. How can we keep all this talent if we give Matthew Stafford all this money? I don't think people are really considering what all the additions that this defense needs. With that 21st pick, what can we really get? Not much. You know, and we could probably go trade for Matthew Stafford in some way with that 21st pick, but we'll probably have to give up other things too. But we really should be trading down with the Dolphins, who don't want a quarterback because they said they're sticking with Tua, and they have the number three pick. Why don't we send them this first, next year's first, and hell, even 2023's first to go get Trey Lance? I don't want Justin Fields. Is uh, Trey Lance is better than Justin Fields by all means. Uh, when it comes to Zach Wilson, I don't really know much about Zach Wilson. When I was watching his game, I noticed that he's really accurate in that 10 to 20 yard range. And you need that in the NFL. I absolutely love that about Zach Wilson, but I've never seen BYU play. And I hate judging people off their highlights. It's a highlight for a reason. And I've tried to watch like some games, but you know, I, I haven't watched enough on Zach Wilson to know his game. However, I've tried to do all the research on Trey Lance I can because I want Trey Lance on my team. Yes, Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in this draft, but who cares? Who cares? We already knew that three years ago, right? Haven't we been knowing that? Who cares? That's not the money pick here. Trey Lance is the money pick. This guy is so good that he sat out this season and everybody still wants to pick him. You have to know that that is some special talent right there. And I saw on Twitter that somebody said, oh, we can't go get a rookie quarterback right now. These players are ready to win. You know what these players are ready for? Some money. 
That's what they're ready for. And their contracts are about to end. And instead of giving them some wins this season and a loss in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs, because I don't think we would make the Super Bowl. I mean, I would love it. But we would likely lose in the playoffs because we have to go play the Chiefs or the Bills or the Browns or, or whoever else with some type of strong passing game. And all we do is stop the run. And uh, there you go. Matthew Stafford threw a couple touchdowns, but our defense gave up 40 and we lost. Likely that's how we'll see the season ending, similar to how we saw it in this season. I mean, they didn't. we didn't give up 40. We only gave up 27, and we kind of beat ourselves. We could have really beat those Bills, but – Hey, I'm salty, so I'm going to talk bad about us. Uh, nah, you know, I love the team. Nevertheless, I believe Trey Lance is a very special talent. Very special talent. So, I will close with this. The best Colts I can the best move I can see the Colts making is signing Antonio Brown and not signing T.Y. Hilton. I know it sounds absolutely insane, and I know the Colts don't usually do the players that have previous drama. That's something we don't normally do in our franchise. But Antonio Brown is way too good to be paid $2 million a year, and we can get him for that much because nobody else is going to try to sign him. He's signing dirt-cheap contracts just to go play football, and he's probably the best receiver on his team currently. I think he's better than Mike Evans, at least. And, I mean, maybe I'm really high on his game, but his route running and his speed and his cutting, like, it's second to none. He's called Tony Tap for a re- Tony Toe Tap for a reason. He is currently grading out on, on pro football focus with one of his best seasons to date. I, he, he's instantly producing and he's not even getting the targets he got before he's showing he's young with all these yards after catch more than he's ever gotten in his career because he's playing a completely different position he's never played slot he doesn't play slot he's a number one receiver and we can make him our number one receiver but we don't have to treat him like a number one but we can move Zach Pascal and get him now with that being said if the Colts do get Matthew Stafford hey Stafford I love your game welcome to the shoe I hope you give us some wins. We're going to love you either way. That's how the Colts rock. You come, you give us your all, we love you either way. We're not those other fan bases. Moving on to this championship Sunday. Starting off with the Chiefs versus Buffalo. I will keep this short and sweet. You know how Mahomes has a concussion and his toe is hurt and blah, will he play? It doesn't matter. The Chiefs by 20, honestly. Honestly, honestly, honestly. And I know that's probably an exaggeration, clearly. But the Chiefs, on paper, when you look at their roster, when you look at their averages, they're better offensively. And defensively. And this is the same exact mistake people made last week. They looked at the Browns. They said they're trending in the right direction. And the Chiefs never cover. So let's go Browns. We're not talking about covering here. We're talking about playoff football. Who's winning this game? The Chiefs. And this isn't one of those crazy Chiefs spreads. This is only minus three. Or I think in most books it's moved to minus three and a half now. When you're taking the Chiefs on a on a spread like that, that they're bound to cover. They're going to beat this team. When it was at that three, I thought you could have really took the Chiefs. But now that it's at that hook of that three and a half, 
going with the Bills maybe isn't such a bad idea, but if you believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to play to 90%, 80% of his ability, then the Bills have no running game, and if they get out to a lead, they won't be able to stop Patty Mahomes on the comeback. There's no way they can stop the Chiefs from scoring because, yeah, their defense has been solid, but they gave up so many opportunities to the Ravens. They just weren't moving the ball. They gave up numerous opportunities to the Colts who were moving the ball. They just couldn't get it in the end zone. A bunch of teams have given the Bills chances. They put up 17 points. You're not going to win putting up 17 points against Kansas City. And honestly, I don't think you're going to win putting up 27 points against Kansas City. I see Kansas City putting up 35 against this Bills defense, realistically. And yes, Patty has rushed for multiple touchdowns this, I mean, sorry, multiple first downs this uh, season, more than he's ever rushed for in his career. But, I mean, (laughs) we're not talking about first downs. We're talking about playoff football. We're talking about putting the ball in the end zone. And the Chiefs aren't out here to control the clock because we don't really think that the Bills are going to have too hard of a time scoring. I mean, the Chiefs secondary isn't the most amazing thing ever. We just think that Tyron Matthew, Brashad Breeland's back. I mean, we think that those guys are going to make enough plays to have the Chiefs score more than the Bills. And that's what this game is. Who's going to score more? And if you're worried about scoring, go with the Chiefs. When you're worried about scoring, I, the Chiefs don't worry about scoring. And when it comes to the over-under of 53 and a half, I'm hammering the over. And it's high, and I can see it going under in a cold game. And, uh, you know, Josh Allen's off because it's cold and Patty's toes hurt. I can see that. I just don't see it as likely as the Chiefs and the Bills each putting up 30-plus in a shootout. I feel like that's much more likely. So the over just seems like the safer play in this one. But I'm not exactly a totals better. I'm more of a spread guy and a teaser guy. So... Kansas City minus three, that's my lock of the week. Lock, lock, lock. And not just as in handicapping it to preview it. Kansas City minus three is my lock. Moving on to Green Bay versus Tampa Bay, the Battle of the Bays. This one's not as easy for me. The Saints would have beaten the Buccaneers if Jared Cook didn't fumble. It was 20 to 13. They're moving the ball. And then he fumbles, and next thing you know, it's 30 to 20. I. I don't know how the Saints lost that game. They should have won with through Drew Poor's play. Through Drew's poor play. And when I look at it that way, I think Aaron Rodgers will dominate this team and Devontae Adams is unguardable. However, when I look at Tampa Bay on in a positive light, I think Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Tom Brady wins football games no matter what, especially in the playoffs. And I also think that they've got Vita Vea back. And I also think that last time they played them, they honestly dominated. And I also think that Aaron Rodgers er, is really, you know, uh, 
benefited by his strong running game. When Aaron Jones gets going, the other Aaron gets going. When when Jamal Williams is pushing the ball, now Aaron Rodgers can, you know, bootleg and throw some play action. But the Buccaneers have the number one rushing defense. And if they don't let Aaron Jones get going like they did in last game, then Aaron Rodgers isn't bootlegging. Aaron Rodgers isn't doing the play action. He's dropping back and throwing the ball. So Tampa Bay's a good cover team, and they stopped the run. And they're not going to have anybody sneaking behind them, which the Packers always manage to have somebody sneaking down the field wide open through play action. Aaron Rodgers isn't getting easy passes like that. So, you know, maybe this goes Tampa Bay's way. And that's really, really nerve-wracking to me. I feel like at this minus four, I think whoever wins covers in this game, which is usually how the playoff go, playoffs go. But I feel genuinely if Green Bay does win, it'll be a dominant win. But if this game is close, I'm taking Tampa Bay. But I, I can't say that. It just... I don't want to lean both favorites, and I also don't want to bet against Brady. But I, I, I see Matt Lafleur looking back at that Tampa Bay game, seeing why he couldn't get the running game going, seeing how they thought they were going to stop it, figuring out some plays to get Aaron Jones going, get Jamal Williams going, get Devontae Adams open in space, and just honestly taking apart this Tampa Bay team that continues to underperform. However, if I had to give a lock, <clears throat> best way I see to bet this game is to take Tampa Bay and tease them up to that plus 10 and tease the total down to what would that be? About mm, 43 and a half or 45 and a half and uh, take the over on that. And I think that would that's the best bet of the week. That teaser right there is, uh, like I said, I'm a teaser guy. That's just Tampa Bay within 10 points. I, that's big. I, I see them possibly getting blown out, but I feel like that's very unlikely. That's just a fear of mine that everything can go wrong, which honestly happens often. But with Tom Brady at the helm, very unlikely. And as far as it going over 43.5, that's only 21.25 points per team, so... I can see both of those very prolific offenses scoring more, much more than three touchdowns. Yep. So, as far as my winners, definitely I see Kansas City winning this game. Um, that Tampa Bay money line is Dan's favorite bet of the week, and you know we always fade Dan. Uh, <laughs> so, I'm taking Kansas City and Green Bay. Uh, I'm taking a trade up from the Colts and – I'm taking this podcast to the next level. Was that cheesy? I thought it was kind of clever. I, th I thought it was smooth. I thought it was smooth. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast. Tune into the next episode where I will be bringing in another super fan, one of the Steelers, to break down their offseason moves and also previewing likely the Super Bowl matchup. To everyone, a safe and wonderful weekend, and let's hope those bets cash.